Hi, this is Samantha and welcome to the Layman Doctor Podcast where we're bringing medicine home. Now, we're still practicing social distancing, so we are recording online and I have a special guest with me, Dr. Mario Guthrie, and we'll be talking about him and his journey and all the fancy things that he's doing. <laughs> and of course, like in all my podcasts, the guest introduces themselves. All right. My name is Dr. Mario Evan Guthrie, and I am a medical doctor and a recording artist, but also a bunch of other things too, like a podcaster, event host, TV host. I pretty much summarize it by saying I'm a creative who's an academic and my academia is medicine and my creativity spans anything from singing to photography, writing. I love all things creative. And as a human, I just say that I'm a lover of life and trying to help people move from one place to the next in their journey or help them realize it. Yes. So if you don't know Mario, um, I don't know what is happening because you're everywhere. <laughs> and I think that I... I think I knew you first as a singer that before I knew you were a doctor. I'm not sure. That wouldn't be unusual. <laughs> yeah, and then I met you a few times and um I don't know, I don't I don't remember at one point I knew you were a doctor. Maybe when I followed you on social I, media. I think but... I started to push a little more on social on the medical side. I have two profiles. And I think yes. maybe that was it, yeah. And that was tricky because I was like, okay, he has I think one is like Mario Evan, and then Mario one Evan. is yeah. the other one is Dr. Mario Gosser. I'm like, wait, are these two the same person? I wonder if people have difficulty recognizing <laughs> that at first, or it's obvious to them. I don't know. I don't know. And I rem- I don't know. I remember when my personal profile and the layman's doctor were the same. Right. Right. And it really helped for me personally when I separated my Instagram. My Twitter isn't separated right. because I don't practice medicine privately or anything like that. So right, at right. this current moment, I still have both of them together. I think that if I maybe open up a practice or I start going maybe private practice or whatnot. Maybe other social media in, in, other, yeah. right, in another name. But separating the Twitter, the Instagram account was very, very helpful. I found it helpful too as a brand too because your brands really communicate so many different messages. And if you have like a casual message that can go on one page and if you have a medical message that can go on another page exactly so for me thinking, i don't mind it that so i was thinking i was thinking when i wanted to post pictures of like my nails or my breakfast or going to are you in them hot shoes them hot shoes yeah. the other day yeah i don't, I don't want it <laughs> i don't want it on the layman's doctor page no. so no that i don't i didn't even realize how important that was you know as we know though a lot of people blend their marketing and their brand in one profile and i mean they are one person so to the world maybe the world sees that one person but for me professionally i like to separate them yeah i do i do as well i do as well that's a that's a really interesting conversation yeah, that's a whole other podcast <laughs> right i know that you have made presentations at conferences about social media and healthcare workers. I was on a panel, yes, and this is what we spoke about. It was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, we should talk about that in another podcast. In another podcast, right, Yang? 
So, yes, I knew you as a creative first, right? And I knew you mostly as a singer, mm-hmm. right? And when I, when we were talking, I realized that you actually went to Berkeley. Yeah, is that- I did. This is, this is Berkeley in Boston, Massachusetts. So it's B-E-R-K-L-E-E. So contemporary music school, quite popular, and it was quite an amazing experience. Was that before or after med school? It was after med school. Wow. So, okay. So let's start from the beginning. Right. Did you enter medical school right after high school or did you do something <laughs> before? Um, well, I actually did one year of natural sciences and I did six form as well. So I did six form at Campion, went to one year of Natsai, was deferred for a year and then did medicine. Okay. And then when I completed medicine, I had internship. At the time I did medicine, we did not have SHO. So after my internship, I went to UAE for six months and then worked at Bustamante for about a year on contract as a medical officer, as an MO. And then I went to Berkeley. <laughs> so you were at Bustamante in pediatric medicine or like PED surgery? No, you just kind of glossed I, over that. <laughs> no, I was actually in A&E. A- 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 um, you see, things have changed oh. so much because I think because of SHO, a lot of the doctors now end up on specialties. Not that it didn't happen then, but I was coming from UAE, so I applied for Busta a So I was in accident and emergency for, for my contract. So I had always been in Busta's a Oh, okay. So, so literally I worked for, I would say, let's just call it two years. I said I worked for about a year and a half to two years after internship. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Berkeley. Okay. So when you were in university... You're a part of University Singers. Right. Right. So when or were you always a creative child, for example, always singing? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually was. So that's that's the part that's interesting. And recently I was on another IG live talking about going back to your childhood to figure out what your passions are. I had been singing from I was seven years old, Mona Prep Choir. Then when I went to Campion, I was on Campion College Choir. Then when I went to UE, I was in UE Singers. And even behind all of that, I had a group of guys from Campion who we used to sing together like as a boy group. And we used to cover boys to men songs and in sync and anything we have harmony and include more than <laughs> one male singer, we were on it. So, so the 90s. So the 90s <laughs> and, and, and beyond. So the ironic part is that when I always talk about my journey, there's this undercurrent and kind of underbelly of music and creativity that always always existed. I was in JMTC for a, a minute. And um, I even started singing backgrounds for, for bigger artists as I started to do more group gigs that were being paid. So the group would get paid to sing at events. And then I was started to do solo gigs where I was being paid to like sing at weddings. So it's like this evolution of choir boy to group singer to background singer to lead singer. And then medical medical school kind of happened in that mix. And that was tricky for me because when I got into medicine and I, I actually was doing a lot of music and I didn't really want to do it anymore in a way. But I had worked so hard in that side to get into medicine that I couldn't turn back. I didn't feel like I could turn back at that time. I remember, I remember one thing that my mother said to me when I was in med school. Um, when I told her I didn't want to do medicine anymore, I wanted to do something else. Mm-hmm. She said to me, you know, you can always do it either with it or after it. 
And I guess at the time I thought she, I thought she was just like being why are you saying this to me? I told you I don't want to do this anymore. Right. But also, it's also true where a lot of persons have just kind of finished a degree, still work in medicine, but also go on to do other things. And then I want to touch on the point, I really, really like what you just said a while ago when you said going back to your childhood right. to find your passions. And I think that that's really helpful for a lot of us because... You know, I don't know if you get stuck in this mundane, you go to school, you get a degree, you go to work, and it's almost as if you look up and it's a couple of years later and you're just thinking to yourself, what did I do with my life? It's the matrix. Which pill did I take? I don't know. Great. Yes. So I know a lot of persons, including myself, are thinking, okay, what is it that I like to do? What is it that I want to do? And I do realize that I'm really going back to things that I enjoyed. Yeah, when I was younger, I used to be really into blogging exactly. when I was in high school. And now I'm back at it, um, like making little videos and cooking, stuff like that. And I kind of just stopped doing that in adulthood. And now you're just, I, like to, I don't maybe stressed out or you want some relief. And you just go back to things that used to make you happy when you were younger. Well, well, Sam, I mean, look at yourself now. What, what you're doing right now is truly a manifestation of all of that. From, you, from the day you created The Layman's Doctor, you were really pushing out yourself as a writer, as a thought leader, as someone who can communicate to the people. It really was you as a communication specialist. But maybe you hadn't seen it that way because in your mind you're a doctor. But this is you writing. This is you being a media host. This is you doing all of these other things. But sometimes we don't really recognize them as such. Because we feel Definitely. like we're trained or, I don't know, we have all these other blocks that come up that, that tell us that we're not doing what we think we are. But that's just exactly what you're doing. Because how I remember you two, I didn't know you were Mia's sister because I know your sister. I saw the resemblance one day and I remember seeing you maybe in Sovereign in a parking lot. Yes, I remember it was saying, Sovereign. I remember saying, yo, Mia, Mia, Mia Sotia, your sister. And you were like, yeah, because you guys look alike. But that aside, I had seen the layman's doctor on Twitter too. So... I had all these different associations with you that weren't necessarily tied to you being a doctor. Or... It was interesting. I just I picked I picked up on you in different places as well, like like you did for me. <laughs> that's that's really great. For real, for real. I'm here blushing, so I'm stuttering because I was like, okay. No, but it's good though because I want <laughs> I want your listeners who are doctors. Because a lot of people tell you that they don't know what their passion is, or mm-hmm. or they've only liked medicine and they can't do anything else. And I don't believe that's true. I mean, some people love medicine though, Sam. So the truth is that's all they want to do and that's all they've wanted to do. And I think they're very well aligned if you feel that way. I struggled with medicine all the time and wanted to do it. It was never something I wanted to do all my life. I just did the sciences, have a father who is a doctor. They didn't force me. But by transitivity, Caribbean culture, thinking about doing a stable job, I could not figure out what else I really thought I wanted to do as I moved along on the journey. So when I did it at the time, I felt it was right. And that's really the only answer I can give people. Nobody held a knife or a gun to my head. But at the time when I was doing it, okay, finish Natsai, let's do medicine. And that was that. It was that simple. I really do think a lot of persons are, when they hear that, they're just nodding and saying, yes, I identify with this. This is how I feel. Because, yes, there are persons, I know persons who are like, yes, I know I want to do surgery from the day I was born to know. And that's what I'm going to do. But a lot of 
also just like, boy, I don't know why I did it. It just kind of happened. I got accepted. Right, we're walking down the path that society told us to walk down. High school, UA, stable job, doctor, engineer, Indian chief, whatever. And we walked. And then we end up in these jobs and sometimes we're not fulfilled. And we do them well. The issue is not well how capable you are. Mm-hmm. You have smart, intelligent, capable people. But if you really dig deep into their souls, they're not happy. Some of them. Exactly. And that's the battle. I just, I'm just really on that point of going back to your childhood passion. I think that's my, I think that is going to be my takeaway yeah, from the entire it, part. Yeah, no, it, it, it is an <laughs> awesome point. And, and we see, we see it in a lot of um, entrepreneurial books where they try to get you to find your why. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they do that because as a child, you're totally like, not affected by society you're disinhibited or uninhibited so how you express is really very authentic and then you start to believe what people tell you you should be doing <laughs> and then That's you start true. to get messed up and conflicted and and then all sorts of things happen this is a perfect segue into then after a year and a half or two years of working post-internship what made you say, okay, I'm going to take this step and I'm going to go and study contemporary music in Boston? Well, well, what had been happening, as I mentioned before, the, the music was always going on and the entertainment was always going on. So that was great. But my next step at this point would have been to specialize. I could have either remained at MO and just kept working, but I figured, what next? Specialize. I remember a nurse saying to me, Dr. Guthrie, what do you want to know? Or what you can specialize in? And my answer was, I wanted the music. And she laughed at me. But I mean, the passion in me for music was like, when I said hi, now in a turn up. Because I'm here, I sing background for Alain one, two times. I sing for different artists here and there. Like, I'm really doing a lot of music on the side. And this is all I can think about. I wake up and think about it. So somebody, Mr. Dexter from University Singers, um, who is now deceased, he had suggested Berkeley. He was like, you know, it's a really good music school. And I asked other people in music and they were like, yeah, man, Berkeley College of Music, man, it's good. So I looked into it. And when I looked at the school, it was perfect. It, I call it rock band for music. So, you know, you have your Juilliards, which are classical music. But then you have Berkeley, which is like gospel, R&B, rock, jazz is a big part of their foundation. And then I was like, this is perfect. This is it. Let me see if I can get into this school. And part of it was to learn more so I could set up myself to do better. And part of it was validation as well. Because I knew if I got into Berkeley, one of the best contemporary schools in the world, it would validate that I was good. And I don't feel like I necessarily was getting enough of that validation in the Jamaican music industry. So it had a double purpose for me and ends up being one of the best experiences of my life that I never, ever regret, regret doing. I'm just here nodding along. Um, I think when you said the question, what are you going to specialize in? I was just like, yes, every day. I swear, almost every day. Oh, what are you going to do, Samantha? I think we get bombarded by that question. And it's so, it's very stressful or creates anxiety. Overwhelming, yeah. Especially if you don't know what you want to do or you're not sure. Exactly. And it's like when you just get married and then two, two, them ask you when you get pregnant. Like, <laughs> give, give me a break. Like, isn't being, isn't getting a medical degree enough? Isn't finding a partner and getting married enough? 
why do I not have to have a baby? And you have one, and then you want to know when you get in the next one. Yes. So, so we have to be so careful about how we set expectations for ourselves versus the expectations that others set for us. So like exactly. me, I decided I was okay being a GP who's a musician. And I chose this path, and I'm here, and I sit in it. And I'm comfortable with it because at the end of the day, I don't see myself going back to specialize. And that's just for me. I just do, I don't see myself being happy doing 24-hour duties now. Um, I don't see myself, I don't really see a specialty that pulls me in to want to spend another four to six years in school again. No, I don't. So I am going to lay in this bed and make it work. <laughs> exactly. And I don't think people realize that it's okay to not want to specialize. And it's mm-hmm. also okay to do something else as well. Exactly. And, but I think a lot of times we think that, oh, I'm interested in this. Say, for example, as you say, like you described me as communications, right. media, whatever. And I'm just, I never even thought, of, I, again, I never thought of those kind of words to so describe thought, what I'm doing. That's and what you're doing. So I think a lot of times we are trying to figure out, okay, but what else can I do? And you're right. I don't. Ha- you're thinking I don't have the certification or I don't have the degree. That's not what I studied. Am I just going to be a doctor? And sometimes we don't know how to navigate turning those skills that we have into a source of income. I agree. And I mean, sometimes you just have the gift, you know. Sometimes it's not even about training. Sometimes you just have it. And I think the key is to acknowledge that you have it. And that's the hardest part. If, if you don't recognize that you have it, then you'll always feel like you're an amateur. But some people have it. Like there are people who take pictures with their phone. And when you look at the composition of the picture, you're like, but damn, your eye is great. You know, there's some people who can look at a color palette and put things together. And you're great at, at decorating a room, but you don't have a degree. But you just have it. <laughs> I can't explain that. That's just gift. That's really true. But one thing, though, that I like, I noticed that you only had internship. I didn't have the SHO year. And I also spoke to someone else who didn't have the SHO year. And I I now realize I'm grateful for the SHO year. Because in the sense that not everyone, when they finish MBBS, knows what they want to do. And yes, we do internship in our, in our four core specialties. Right. Right? But then SHO gives you an opportunity to, to say, oh, I like ENT, but let me do two or three months in ENT and see if, me, see if I really, really do like it before taking that plunge and applying for a program and then or signing an MO contract for three years because I think right. all contracts are three now. Right, and you get locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and realizing that you hate it. So, I know, I think, I don't remember if it's the essay show year that was getting fight out or the pri- the primary care aspect of it, but I like the fact that I can go through various specialties. After your internship. Yeah, and I see what a, I like. I think it's a great idea. And it, I mean, it's like, I, can't, I wouldn't call it a gap year, but it's almost like another internship year about to do other things. So, I, I like the idea of it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, it's a great idea. And I think it works well in the long run. Because you probably save time, because you know, some people might think, I don't need to do this. But I think the time you get to taste the different things and decide what you really like, you can be more focused, you know? Exactly. And if you do find something you like, um, you can speak with your 
HOD or your SMO and see if they're willing to extend to your time. Right, right, right. And it really helps with, well, I think it helps with, um, if not strengthening your application, but strengthening your experience while doing the program. Because you already have this behind. You already know how to do certain things, especially if you're training in a hospital farther from Kingston where you're <laughs> more hands-on you said that so diplo- you said that so diplomatically I will respect <laughs> that <laughs> long shot. anybody knows that when you do medicine in Jamaica you know <laughs> and it's not illegal family but you will end up doing some things as a junior staff member that you would never do in the United States let's just leave it right there or even at UA because I or find even at UA right when you have more persons being trained, it's harder to get experience. So a lot of times people will say, especially for surgery or any kind of surgical specialty, if you want to get hands-on experience, maybe do um, MO for a year, SHO and MO for a year or two in that specialty, hone on your surgical skills, apply for the program, and then just focus on the academics. And you won't kind of have to be going back to med school. Right. You know, when you're, right. at, when you're at UN, you're trying to... I don't know how many people are in your class, but you're right. trying to get all their procedures done. Um, no, and it's have a it bit rough. hard. I want to have it rough. I mean, I was, in a, I was in the 100 class era. You guys are <laughs> now in the 300 class era. <laughs> 300 people per class era. Like, I can't understand what it's like to have 300 people in a class trying to do the same thing. Yeah, they've, been, uh, they've tried to, by increasing the amount of uh, places we can go to. Right. To lessen it, but then it also means that when I finish med school and my friend finishes med school, sometimes we've had different experiences. Totally different experiences, right? I mean, when mm. I left KPH, you know, them did have me a cut off diabetic toe and put in chest tube, and like there's so many things that I had to do alone or, or not alone, but they showed you once or twice, and then then they would tell you to do it, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> 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 or, 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 you know, or, or, the, or you assist in a surgery kit. No, I never, I never got to do surgeries. But I know people worked in, as you say, rural hospitals who were doing big surgeries. Yeah, you kind of have to, you have to, you end up having to step up a lot. You have to step up when you are the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, you're always making sure you're safe. And ho- I'm hoping that most persons, if they're not confident in doing it, they still speak up. Of course, don't do anything that you're not comfortable doing, right? Exactly. But even even with my experience, I have friends who have done internship in really rural parishes, and their experience from mine is completely different. Because I was like, I thought I was doing all sorts of stuff. When it's one intern, one or two MOs, yeah, um, and then you have your consultant. It's really it's Can't you know. really have to pick up, and you but then you end up learning to manage patients. You end up learning to do procedures and it can help you further on you know what i think that's i'm glad that you said that because i was going to add that as much as i have battled with um being a multi-potentialite as they call it um medicine has taught me so many things and and um from patients to time management to just good customer service human interaction empathy like the things you get from medicine i feel are so big i rate doctors i rate i rate my colleagues uh, exactly. i think we have a very unique job and um it is a special job i can't lie it is a very mm. special special job 
And I think the argument to say that we're so specialized and we can't transfer skills to other industries is not true because, listen, you just spoke about customer service. You spoke about empathy, communication. Those are things that if you want to be a good doctor or a great doctor, the soft skills part of it, you really have to work on it. And then you also have the opportunity to use your hands and that can help you with just solving different problems being analytical things like that so i don't agree when people say oh medicine is super specialized you can't do anything else because you have an mbbs no man highly highly transferable and i would say just that some doctors just were not trained or or just naturally don't have very good soft skills and i think that's when the complaints come up but otherwise i would say we have a lot of skills in medicine embedded in the the practice and the career exactly so when did you going back to you mm-hmm. i know you have an album so mm-hmm. we have to plug that mm-hmm. yes we do <laughs> <laughs> um so the album is reggae soul volume one me and love and i, I released it in 2015 and i would say the short lead up to that is once you hit music school you really start to develop a musical identity you know, when, when you see my pictures of entering Berkeley, my hair was cut low, low, low. I tell people I look like a little schoolboy, like a bank teller. And that was in, in January of 07. And then by the time I got to by 2008, I was growing my fro. And I said, I'm going to use my first and my middle name. I was Mario Evan. And the music was going to be R&B and reggae fusion, which is what it is. And all of these ideas and stuff started really come to light. And um, by 2015, I had an album which had songs that I'd written a long time ago and, and new songs. And were, it was all about love and the journey of like love from meeting someone to even wanting to propose to them to a bag of things. And it was just one of the greatest highlights of my musical life to date. And um, I'm proud of it. And I, I recorded some of it in the US, recorded some of it in Jamaica using local musicians and school musicians from Berkeley and Trust me, that was a great learning experience. I probably transferred some medicine there, organizing people and time and schedules and recording in the studio and it's a lot, but it was worth it. Where can we get it? Where can we stream it? My album is available on all streaming platforms, (laughs) such as iTunes, Tidal, Google, anywhere you'll find it, Spotify, it's everywhere. And um, you can purchase it on iTunes or Amazon MP3, wherever you want to go. But anywhere that has online distribution, you can find it. And it's also on YouTube, on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Mario Evan, and on SoundCloud too. Mm -hmm. So, So yeah, there are options. There are free options, paid options, streaming options. Give it a listen. So, I've realized that, I don't know, because I think, I, how long have I been following you for? You know, when you follow people and you just kind of pay attention to their page, because I have my, I have my, my various role models right. in, in, in the Jamaican social media space or just the media space. Right. And I really like that, um, what's the word? Mul- multi po- mul- Multipotentialite. Multipotentialite, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I'm really, I follow your social media a lot. You know, Terry Carroll's a yeah, lot. Terry's nice, yeah. Kalila Reynolds. Yeah. I really cool. like it. And then I focus also, now lately I've been focusing a lot on following 
female influencers mm-hmm. who kind of aren't doing things that they're necessarily trained to do, right. aka like have a degree. You can't see me doing air quotes, so you yeah, know that's yeah. what I mean, right? And it really helps you because now you kind of see you're seeing other persons do it, so you're realizing, oh, but I don't, I can do these things too, yeah, and I then. Mean, yeah. The most important thing is all of these people, including you, are super approachable. Wow, right. They seem like good people, right? Yeah, I've spoken to... I think everybody who I've named, I've spoken spoken to them. at some point, right? Because they're normal normal people. (laughs) Yeah, you can go up to them. And I remember a lot of my older mentors will say, just reach out to people who are doing things that you want to do and speak to them, them, ask them questions and whatnot. And it's always so intimidating because you're thinking, no, they won't They're too answer busy, my... they don't. And, yeah. and sometimes sometimes people are overwhelmed and, and it is difficult to respond. But you'd be surprised how happy they are to, to, to help you. Exactly. So I say shoot your shot. Send your DM. You know, tell them. I don't know. But I found that a lot of our persons are actually really approachable. And it's a small country and we are nice people. But let me tell you something. I will add an addendum to shoot your shot. Because I have also been on the receiving end. And I've seen Terry comment mm-hmm. on this sometimes too. Of people who introduce themselves in very unprofessional ways. And maybe mm-hmm. for maybe not good intent either. So if you're going to reach out to somebody who you think may be able to help them. Um, just do it with a certain amount of respect. You know, be very focused. Be respectful. Be focused. Ask them something direct. You know, <laughs> don't just say hey <laughs> and leave it there dry because nobody has time to respond to a hey or a wow. Like, yeah, and people do that because they're not really trying to talk to you for any specific reason. They just want to know you, and yeah. that's not that's not enough. You know, say what you want. Ask quick, ask, for, ask for what you want. I didn't even think that something like that needed to be said. That's so <laughs> it didn't need to be. It doesn't need to be said. But, but as you can imagine, when you look at people like a Terry or a Tammy or a Kalila, as they mm-hmm. become more visible in the public eye, people magnetize to them. Yeah. And you're going to have your variety of people trying to reach out. And and trust me, they come. Like some of them just come incorrect. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I am. I am. I am throwing it at the people who come incorrect. That you know, you really need to dress up your thing. Exactly. Exactly, I agree. Cause trust me, if as busy as they look, they are, which means they don't really have time. So, so if it's gonna stand out in the crowd, it needs to stand out. That's I right. love this day, like, like, like you're not a part of this group, <laughs> you know. Podcast. You are, we don't even. That's the thing. We don't even talk about your podcast. We don't even talk about your YouTube channels. Where I thought you were involving you know? with this was, I thought you were going to say that that you love to see how these. People had evolved and evolved, and I I would say that <laughs> yes. I loved I loved watching them evolve too. Cause like Tammy became mm-hmm. my friend through my podcast, and I had dreamed of doing a podcast with her. And literally, someone told her about my podcast. She listened to it, she liked it, and she DM'd me. <laughs> that's how wow. I, that's how Tammy ended up on my podcast, and like I was totally floored. And then once we met. It was weird. We just had this really great connection. And then after that, it was that. It was like we were friends from a long time, but we weren't. Yeah, so that was weird. And then from the podcast, then she moved to radio. And then she moved to Meet the Mitchells, which has like over 80,000 subscribers. All of this has happened maybe not even two years good. Yeah. That's amazing. No, but Tammy, 
Tammy is she has a way. I've gone to an event where she's spoken at. She's really her energy is her just energy is light positivity. Yeah, it's I love her. Yeah, she's from special. Her, she's special. From her singing days. Like I used to sing her songs when I was in high school and jam into them. And then it's really nice. And what I like now is that a lot of our influencers are sharing their own journeys yeah, and yeah, more yeah. outspoken about it. And I am all for that. Yeah, because it feels very uplifting. I don't know. The, the space feels a little different with the type yeah. of influencers that I'm seeing now. I'm not going like, or, or how they're choosing to share. Exactly. So it's it's kind of nice. I agree. I like it. It's a good energy. It. I think for me, it make it seem like they're never born big. No. Like right. <laughs> no. You're so, finally seeing. You're finally seeing all of the the truths and the, the real uh, the, the real life underneath it. Yeah. And it personalizes it, and it makes you realize. Because even listening to your story to bring it back, mm-hmm. it's like okay, I can have a passion for something, do medicine, and still be successful in that passion. I know that I don't have to be perfect from the get-go. It's mm-hmm. always changing and evolving. Because even when you talk about your hair, like you're known for having um, blonde, curly, really nice hair. Them change all the time. I'm looking forward to next, actually. <laughs> really? Because I feel like I only know the blonde hair. I need to be going through, scrolling no, through your social the, the media. blonde hair was just for two weeks in about I did a photo shoot. So I've just been milking them for my promos, but... I've had cane rose, a high top fade, oh. blonde hair, the full afro, the side shaved. It's been through some phases. Wow. I met you with blonde hair. You met me with blonde hair? Wow. <laughs> I feel like I'm wondering. I just remember it being like, I just remember thinking, well, his hair is always so nice and curly. Like It must have been Christmas then. <laughs> what? what is happening? And oh, yeah, no. just even small things like that. You know, talking about the fact that you didn't... Uh, you didn't you evolved into your identity and your brand is evolving and continues to um, evolve i feel like i said involve but i meant evolve (laughs) (laughs) but for real um it's really inspiring and i'm glad that i get to a lot of this is out of my own curiosity too Mm -hmm. but i'm glad i get to share and for lately i've been getting dms like oh my god i love this my my podcast with um dr strawn has been, been like hot. the most listened to yeah the most listened to one and people have been dming me and saying just like i love this thank you so much for this it's almost as if people are waiting for information on what can I do? How can I access these well, things? Welcome to the podcasting world, my friend. <laughs> and, and you know what? I think what you're going to realize is that the more you share at first, you were doing it out of an idea you had in your heart to share. But then when you see how it impacts people, it's going to, it's as it is, it blows your mind. Like podcasting for me has been such a special space. I'm not going to lie. I had no idea it would have evolved into what it became. And the, the best part is this. This interaction that we're having now is like you're networking with each guest. You are networking with your guest and your listeners are also getting to meet this person and meet you again in a new life. Exactly. That's true. That's true. That's true. And I don't know. I I just always start. I think someone asked me, what are you going to podcast about? What is your podcast about? And I just said, you know, honestly, it's about whatever I want it to be. Right, right, right. 
So it's what interests me, things that I want to hear. And so it's it's always been hard, like, what are you going to talk about? But and you I found said, a niche, though. You're creating a space for people who are who are in the field, who who need some encouragement, who need to hear somebody else's story so that they don't feel like they're in the dark. <laughs> exactly. But trust me, sometimes you feel like you're going to just... Because there's somebody who's going to hear this who may find a new passion, may even quit medicine and do something else that they're more successful in or that's, go on to specialize. I don't that's know. true because, you know, when you're talking to me, the same epiphanies that I'm having, someone else might be having them and even more. Exactly. And just listening to, because I love that feel when you're sitting down and you feel like you're having the conversation with them. Yes. And you're just like, wait, because sometimes I listen to pod. I love podcasts that when I listen and it reminds me of your podcast with Karen Carpenter. That's my yes. favorite podcast. Yes. I was listening to it and I was just saying yes. And I was talking, you know, I was talking I'm like good. you guys are there. And I just, I just loved it. That was my, that's my I favorite. I think that one just had a great flow because of Karen's energy. And I think we just worked well together. So I had a friend of mine who messaged me and said, Yo, me did think you did smart before you know, but after that podcast, you know, say so you're smart and I said, you're, I said you're a mess. Yeah, I really love that episode and I just love that vibe that when I can be sitting down and listening and I'm saying, yes, man, I, yes, and it's like, and I, I don't know, I feel like I'm in the room with you. Yeah. I really love that vibe. I really love that vibe. Sam, I wanted to interject. I wanted to comment on evolution and, and patience. Those are two mm-hmm. interesting qualities. Um. I just want to remind people listening to remember to be patient and go and flow. There's something called flow. Don't rush everything. Sometimes some things just have to happen in their own time. And I'll just use a few examples for me, which would be being asked to be a guest on CVM at Sunrise and doing it two or three times back to back and then becoming a host on the show for a year and a half. Listening to podcasts and loving them, then thinking, hey, I wanted to be the voice or for talk truth. I want to talk about things that are you know, taboo and people are afraid to talk about in a comfortable space and then starting it and then developing a following. Like none of these things were planned, but, but there are things that happened and, and I don't regret them and they've just really added a lot of value. So I just want to encourage people to be open and to be patient with themselves and to sometimes just allow it to, to happen, whatever that means to them. But <laughs> I am here nodding and like slow copied because... <laughs> As you said that, I remembered a tweet that I made just before I went to bed saying that, I don't think it was just before bed, but I just literally saying the universe just brings things to you at the perfect timing. Absolutely. And I don't know. I, just, I mean, you're putting the work, like you're putting in the work now by, by engaging these, your guests like myself and, mm-hmm. and happen so there is an element of work but a lot of the rest sometimes just flows you know yeah at the time now that we're recording i needed this podcast at this specific time like this specific episode because i'm getting so much out of this you don't even know you don't even know like perfect timing with the things that have been happening all the stuff and i'm just hearing words that i need to hear and getting that motivation and i just hope that somebody else is listening like yes oh my god this is exactly what i needed at the <laughs> time that i needed yeah I hope so, so 
your most recent project, if I'm if I'm paying attention enough, mm-hmm. is that you've kind of taken your presentation style, your media um, personality to focus a little bit more on medicine where your YouTube page now, since COVID has come back, I can't remember when you launched it. You it started the talking, COVID times, yeah. You started talking more about medicine. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't want to say I didn't expect it, but a part of me was like, whoa, oh yeah, he's a doctor. Yeah, a part of me was like, wow, to us. I started doing it. I'm like, wait, I am a doctor. But I do this every day, but nobody knows because I have been not promoting it for so long because I used to want to just be a musician for so so long. It was just the focus of my life. I, I really dumbed, dumbed down the medical side of myself. And I think that's a big part of my evolution now to that I am embracing it or I have embraced it more as me and all of it as just one entity instead of trying to be so aggressive about separating them, you know? Okay. So I, I really like that because it's now when I'm going to go and watch those videos, I know I'm going to be engaged and I'm going, it's like I'm knowing another part of Mario Evan. Right. It's like, okay, I love his music. I love his personality. I love how he talks. He's so down to earth. You know, he's very... I find that when you speak, it's kind of like captivating. Like, I want to listen to it. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm blushing. No, but I don't know. You just, you just talk like a singer, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah, like, wow. You've been an entire day. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, so you get to, and I really love when doctors talk out on social media and educate the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love that. And then you just have so much more validity behind it because, I don't know, I thought, I thought that when they asked you to speak about usage of social media for medical professionals, I was like, yes, that is the perfect person. You guys have chosen mm-hmm. the perfect person to talk I don't, to. I don't remember who thought about it, but I was honored that they thought of me. I really think it was, I think it was perfect. And I was upset. I couldn't attend. Yeah. I was probably working one of those 24 hour days, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a good conversation. It went many directions. Yeah. And I feel like from just this conversation, your journey has brought out so much experience with branding of course, communication, balancing life, and going back to your childhood passions. As I said from before, like from 15-minute mark, that that was my biggest takeaway mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. this whole thing. And mm-hmm. we weren't even halfway through. Right. But it's really nice to be able to see all of this and get to talk to you about it. And then I'm just looking at your acronym, ME. And every time I see it, I was like, wow, that's really... I like it because then it's like me. Yeah, I think it was fake. Yeah. And then it's also Mario Evan. I don't know. It happened. Yeah, it happened. It's super cool. <laughs> Wasn't intentional at all. So Mario, we have spoken about a lot. Mm-hmm. And yes, off air we're saying, yeah, we can talk forever, which is so true. Yeah. Um, mostly because there's so many things that I just want to know, especially like about branding and just evolving and the journey and just sharing a bit about my journey with you. And I have to say, I'm a fan. I'm a total fan girl. 
Oh wow! I think I follow. I think I follow all his social media. <laughs> like I follow the singer ones and I follow the, the doctor. doctor one. one. Well, the good um, thing is, I think I'm following you on a chunk of yours too. So that's good. <laughs> I support it. I'm a fan as well. <laughs> I'm blushing, and you know your friends I'm... are going to tease you about this episode, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> that's fine that's okay that's so okay i'm like known for like gushing yes because um a long time ago when i was in high school i realized that it doesn't take away anything to just tell people that they have a really nice dress on or their hair is great or you just um they inspire you yeah compliment Um, compliment ain't hurt nobody Exactly, exactly. I just remember it being that somebody gave me a compliment and it changed my entire day. I think I was having a really bad day and someone just said one thing to me and it just lifted my mood. And I said to myself, why? It doesn't hurt to tell somebody, it doesn't hurt to give somebody a compliment. Right. You right. know? And it's not like you're fawning or you're worshiping them, but you're just showing. <laughs> just letting them know you appreciate yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, showing appreciation. And I think everybody should do that because you never know. And you never know the opportunities that it can give you, but also not doing it because you're trying to get an opportunity. I think that when you do things, it has to have, uh, has to come from a place of um, being genuine. I agree, and I think you also need to remember too that the people who you're showing admiration to are not always having a great day, do not always believe in themselves as much as they project. You know, sometimes you're not really sure what you're running up into, so that compliment could really change their day <laughs> in a yes. serious way. Um, it has has done so for me many, many times. Many times, I, you know. I, don't, I get DMs because sometimes I'm thinking I'm talking into a void. Into and... the vortex, into the black hole. <laughs> People think that everybody's complimenting you all day long, and it's not like that. <laughs> and so when you get that one message that someone is brave enough to send, you're like, wow, wow. <laughs> exactly. So I've learned a lot from this very short conversation. There's so much to, to take away from this. Um, I really enjoyed this convo. I really, really did. I did too, yes. And I just... I know I said this to everybody, but again, I always feel like a lot of my guests just will become recurring guests because it's just never enough time to talk about all the things that we need to talk about. I got stories for days. (laughs) Listen, listen, I will be in your messages. (laughs) So, of course, you can, where can we find you? All right. On the music side, I'm Mario Evan, and that's M-A-R-I-O-E-V-O-N. You could just simply Google it because I'm like probably the only one, but I'm pretty much Mario Evan everywhere. And on the medical side, Dr. Mario Guthrie, and I'm pretty much on our social media platform. Stream the album, it's online. Of course, and I will link everything. Oh, and listen to the podcast, Talk Truth with Mario Evan. <laughs> <laughs> This is my problem. I have to simplify my promo because it's always so much. Well, I'm going to put your link tree. Link tree is an amazing app. Yeah, my link tree. Link tree is amazing. Use my link tree. You'll find it all. I'm just going to put that and they will just find They will find everything. whatever they want to find there. Yes. If you are a content creator and you have a lot of places Where to be found, <laughs> use, use link tree. Right. 
Okay, thank you so much, Mario, for being a part of my podcast. You're welcome. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. I really, yeah. really did. It was lots of fun, and I hope your listeners enjoyed it too. With that being said, you can find me on Twitter at The Layman's Doctor, which is at The Layman's DR. Same for Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, you can send me an email at thelaymansdoctor at gmail.com. And for wherever you listen to this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Until next time. Bye. Bye.